I really believe in the mantra that you can't be what you can't see. And growing up, if only there'd been more out people in my own community, or maybe there was and I didn't see them, I maybe would have felt that I could have figured out who I was at a younger age. So I aspire to be that regionally for people because I think that's important. And I remember when I was first going to the youth group that I was a part of, a lot of the queer young people were moving to go to uni or just because they couldn't deal with being regional anymore. Whereas for me, I always felt that this was my big city move from a town of two and a half thousand to like a town of 60, 70,000. It's not the same as moving to Melbourne, but yeah, this was my big city move. So I think for me, I've always felt that here was safer, but I can get it that people still need to do that. I just hope that we can shift that narrative so that people, if they want to grow up here, live here, have families here, be out here, that they can do that. And I think that we're slowly getting there. My name's Deb Chumley and I'm a cisgendered lesbian woman living on Yorta Yorta country. I'm the current president of Goulburn Valley Pride. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the lands on which this podcast episode was recorded, the Calithaban lands of the Yorta Yorta Nation, and pay my respects to Elders, past and present. I'd also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands on which you live, work and play today, and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. We recognise the important role that art has played on these lands for thousands of years and feel privileged to work alongside artists continuing the creative practice of one of the oldest surviving cultures in the world. Always was, always will be. This episode you're about to hear is with Georgie. Georgie is a queer, cisgender, 33-year-old endosex woman living with disability. Georgie grew up in Rochester and moved to Shepparton at the age of 18. Georgie is passionate about all things LGBTIQA+, and works with our local young queer people. How would you describe living in Shepparton? It's hard to describe it in a word. I would say it's pretty incredible. I feel really at home here. There's a lot of people, a lot of community. It's completely different to how I grew up in a small town. Um, I feel like we're part of a small town type community, but in a bigger space where you can have some privacy and you can you know, meet some additional people so your circle can grow or it can shrink depending on what you want in life. But um, yeah, living in Shepparton is pretty incredible. I really love the community spirit. That's probably my main reason that I love living here. That's great. And the work that you do here in Shepparton, tell me about that. So I work for a local uh, youth agency and I work specifically with LGBTIQA plus young people under 25. So I'm very lucky to be a queer human who gets to work with queer young people. In community development, I do lots of different things. So group facilitation is a big piece of the work that I do. So providing safe spaces for young people. But I also participate and run a lot of community events for days like Ida Hobbit Day or International Pronouns Day or We're at Purple Day. Or I think we've got like 27 or 8 Pride Days of Significance in our community now. So there's any one of those I could be doing. And also lots of education. So people often come to me to ask questions about how do you use pronouns or what does this word mean or a young person's told me this and I'm so confused or, you know, just generally 
well-intentioned allies or people that are working in the professional community service space that want to upskill themselves to be more inclusive. How long have you been doing this work? I've been in my role almost six years, um, but previous to that, I was a participant in the program and a volunteer in the program. So I've been at the organisation for almost 10 years. So I'm really, I think, very embedded in the work because I was a young person who came to the group that I now facilitate because I needed something and I was looking for something and I was lucky to find a person. I was working at a coffee shop at the time who kept tapping me on the shoulder and saying, hey, come to this group. We, you know, it'd be really great for you. There's other LGBTI queer plus people here. We know that you'll make new friends and feel supported. And I was very like, no, I don't need that. And then I don't really remember what it was, but one day I was just like, oh, I'll go along. I think it was one of those times when they were giving out gift vouchers if you came for the session. And I was a 23 year old that was always desperate for a bit of extra cash. So I went along with a friend and we were like, this group isn't too bad. And that was the start of my journey with work um, that I was then a participant in the program for up until I was um, 24 attending. Then when I was 24 and 25, until I aged out at 26, I was um, somebody who helped uh, as a youth leader. And then when I was studying at TAFE, uh, our local Go TAFE in Shepparton, I was invited back to start working um, at the organisation and I've been there ever since. Mm. So, yeah, it feels like home. What do you think it was that um, when that person said to you, hey, you know, you should try this group and you were like, oh, no, I don't think that's for me or what was happening in your life at that time? I think I was very resistant to needing help. I, um, you know, consider myself an 80s baby to have born in 1989. But I think growing up in the 90s and the early 2000s, there was so much stigma around mental health, around queer people, around shame and discrimination. And whilst I was out in a sense, with the few LGBTI queer plus, or I used to call them my lesbian posse friends, um, that I had at the time, I didn't really see much representation of community in the way that I see it now, like basically 10 years later. So I think at that point in my life, I knew that I needed some support, but I was very resistant to what that would look like or the shame that would be attached to that or what it would mean to actually seek that support because I'd never been someone who needed a youth service before or needed a program or needed a group. I was always just fine with who I was, yeah. Mm. Has that always been the case for you as you've grown up? Um, I didn't know that I was, uh, like I now use the word queer to identify until I was about 20, 21. So growing up in Rochi, I remember there being like one gay guy at school and one bisexual person and I was, you know, similar in the sense of I knew something was different about me, but I was probably a lot more discriminatory towards those two students who were out because I didn't know how to express who I was. But also it was really confusing because there wasn't much representation. Like I grew up as I was half a teenager, like the first few years of my life without Facebook, then Facebook became a thing. So, you know, the access that we now have to social media, to visual representation, to seeing queer role models didn't exist for me. So I thought about, you know, am I someone that, identifies like this or in actual fact I'd probably say I had no idea because I always just felt a lot of pressure to have a boyfriend or to figure out why I didn't find men that attractive when all of my other friends did and it got really confusing so when I moved to Shepparton I remember um, working um, and meeting a person who identified as a lesbian at the time and she really helped me realize that perhaps I also was queer and it was things that 
when she explained things to me, I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. So then I had this almost like this light bulb moment that people talk about when I was about 20, where I was like, holy moly, this is actually me. So when I was about 20, 21 is when I fully was like, yep, this is me. And in that last like 12 years or so, I've used the word lesbian, then gay, and now I use the word queer. So I think my sexuality's definitely evolved, but I think that's also been based on knowing people knowing experiences, having life experiences, feeling more comfortable with the fluidity that I think our community has now, which I don't think we had when I first came out or when I was growing up. There was real kind of uh, not stringent so much, you know, boxes that you would be in, but it was very much you were a lesbian or a gay person or a bi person. You weren't someone who was like just not straight. Yeah, which is definitely more fluid now. What was the reception of when you came out from your family? And It wasn't great, but I think that's partly... A combination of like their shock, but also my delivery, you know, like I was young, probably had needed some mental health supports, was experimenting with lots of different things at the time, trying to figure out who I was. Um, I also have a disability that I've felt a lot of shame about a lot of my life, which has also impacted the way that I would feel about myself and the way that I perhaps you know, articulated things I felt about myself to other people. So I remember coming out and there being a lot of shock from my parents and my sisters and a lot of like, what the hell kind of more explicit words. Um, And it took them a bit of time, but I can understand that now. I think at the time it was really hard. I remember having this conversation with mum over the phone where she said to me, why did I choose to be like this? And, you know, that's not something that I think ever of us, either of us really consider we would have realised the impact that that would have. But, you know, we have done a lot of work to kind of rectify things that have happened like that in the past, that mum never did it to be intentionally harmful. But we know that nowadays things like that can really harm people. Yeah. Mm. And I like to think about the scale of attitudes towards people and how when I first came out, my parents were probably really tolerant and, you know, somewhat a bit resistant, but now they're really celebratory and how they've moved through that scale from like tolerance to acceptance, to support, to like appreciation and admiration and now to celebration. How has that come about for them? Do you do you know? Um, Just time? Or? I think time, but I think also um, when I was probably in my mid-20s, GV Pride had a spot in the Shepherd and News once a month um, I can't remember exactly what it was categorised at, but but it was basically like an editorial piece. And at the time I was the president of GV Pride. So I would often write the Shep News piece and we could write it about anything we wanted really. And they would basically publish whatever we said, um, you know, unless it was like really political or there was lots of swear words or anything like that. But I started to write those and my grandma, who lives in um, Gagari, which is near Kyabram, about half an hour from here, would get that paper and sometimes pass them on to mum and dad over in Rochi or sometimes they would see them. And I think I'd like to think that part of it was that, that they read the things I wrote, that they got to know me as a person. They got to understand like my political beliefs and my passion for advocacy. And I think as I've grown as an adult, I've been able to better articulate the way that I think and feel about things in a way that's, you know, as a young person, you're probably really headstrong and quite um, accusatory to people that aren't on your side. Whereas as an adult, I think you can have the space to gently bring people along the journey. And um, I think for mum and dad, it was probably just a lot of shock too, because I'm a very firm presenting person. And for them, they're in their 
almost 70s, they would have grown up when if you were a lesbian, you would have been very masculine, butch presenting. If you were a gay man, you were very femme presenting, whereas I'm a very femme person who's female, who's cisgender, who's also queer. So it's very confronting for that generation, I think, to see me as queer. Um, then they do now, but when I first came out, I, I would say that's probably part of what the challenge was too. Yeah. Given that you've worked in the area for quite a long time and, and you've grown up in a regional regional areas, yep. how far do you think you know, places like Shepparton have come in terms of being safe places for people? Oh, I think a really long way, but I think there's more that you can always be doing. I kind of think about this in like pre and post 2017. 2017 was like a very strange year living regionally. There was so much stigma, discrimination, harassment, lots of like letterbox drops in our region of vote no. Um, I remember somebody walking up to me on the street and shouting in my face about not going to vote yes. And after that, and that was like five years ago, I think that we've really shifted in society. I think that a lot of allies and people that don't identify have just this sense of they don't really care, it's kind of like whatever, be yourself concept. But I do think that there's still a group of people, especially from more conservative backgrounds or culturally diverse backgrounds where their values are completely different to my values that will still have some sense of stigma. But I think that there's pockets of greatness and community in every region. Um, I think, though, if you were someone that was a young person who was identifying and was in an environment where you weren't supported, I would hope that now you can see things like this, for example, down the street in the Mall, um, you know, GV Pride, having a Pride Ball this weekend, like things in the paper, social media, people like myself who are, you know, out and proud so that you can aspire to be out and proud as well. Because I really believe in the mantra that you can't be what you can't see. And growing up, if only there'd been more out people in my own community, or maybe there was and I didn't see them, I maybe would have felt that I could have figured out who I was at a younger age so I aspire to be that regionally for people because I think that's important and I remember when I was first going to the youth group that I was a part of a lot of the queer young people were moving to go to uni or just because they couldn't deal with being regional anymore was for me I always felt that this was my big city move from a town of two and a half thousand to like a town of 60 70 thousand it's not the same as moving to Melbourne but yeah this was my big city move so I think for me I've always felt that here was safer but I can get it that people still need to do that I just hope that we can shift that narrative so that people if they want to grow up here live here have families here be out here that they can do that and I think that we're slowly getting there what has it given you in your life to be out and proud oh so much when people ask me what my hobby is I always say volunteering it's my favorite thing to do like giving back I think until I found it, I didn't feel like I was a whole person, like that there was a part of me that was somewhat not missing, but like almost like there was something that I wasn't, an itch that you couldn't scratch. And um, when I realised that I could volunteer in the Pride space or for GV Pride and Out in the Open Festival, I, I think felt this sense of calm, but also this sense of passion. And I think I'm such a passionate advocate 
and our change maker that for me being out and proud is being able to do things for community to bring events to life to you know make sure the world is safe for people but also I think to be a visible person um, and to highlight intersectionality too I don't think that we talk about the parts of us that we all have the layers of us that we have enough in society and um, you know I'm really working on being more out as a queer disabled person whereas for a long time I felt a lot of shame around talking about having a disability whereas now I'm a bit more open to talking about that um, so I think that being so out and proud and supported as a queer person locally and Shep has really helped me to realize that I can have another layer to myself and that people will just embrace that in the same way they've embraced my queer I guess yeah mm. and is it something you want to share right now is, is sure yeah, yeah yeah um so I have a vision disability that I've had probably my whole life that wasn't really recognized until I was 16 so I have low vision but it's really complex to understand so I have I struggle with depth perception uh, contrast, different colours and growing up it was not really realised by either myself or my parents until I was 16 and went to get my owls and couldn't see the eye chart. That was the one significant thing that was like there's something wrong and I don't have a formal diagnosis because there isn't something that meets what I have. It's very complicated and a bit confusing and I think for a long time disabled people especially in regional areas have often been shunned or been stigmatized and I guess I never really saw someone with a disability in a position of power or leadership growing up ever whereas at least now I do see them um you know like on Friday of last week I went to the Vic Pride Awards that was run by Globe and you know seeing Margarita win who's a person with a disability the um person of the year was so change making for me because of course, I know that there are leaders, you know, like like Dylan, like who can be people with disabilities in p- positions of leadership. But I think that was a really significant change in our culture. I hope um, that more people with disabilities that are queer can have those layers of themselves. And maybe there's more layers. Like I'm sure that there's more people that have more layers than what I have. But um, I think it's important to be able to, you know, try to be yourself in all circumstances if you can. Mm. And I talk about it now, like um, I try to be open about it. Like the, my work colleague who I work alongside is really supportive. My friends and, and you know, family within Jivri Pride are really supportive and so is my biological family. But it's more so, I guess, that up until the last couple of years, I was not very good at saying, hey, I need this or I would just kind of go, okay, I can't see that and then go home and have a cry about it and go, this was a really shitty experience and I didn't have the greatest time. Whereas now I realise that, you have to just say, I actually can't see that. Or can you hold my hand here? Or can you read this out for me? And I think that takes a lot of strength to be able to do that. But I do that in the hope that people will realise that there's so many disabilities that are hidden and that you wouldn't know just by looking at me that I can't see. Yeah. So people are often really shocked or really surprised when I try to explain or they have a misconception because I don't wear glasses that that's, you know, that I'm fine. And so unpacking that assumption based kind of narrative that we have in society is really important to me. I think that relates back to gender as well. Like I'm really passionate about educating people about uh, trans experiences from the position of someone who isn't a cis ally. Um, A lot of people I love in my life are trans, gender diverse, non-binary, and I know that it's hard for them. And there's layers of privilege that I hold. So I try to do what I can to educate people 
from the position that I have in the same way that I try to educate people around people with disabilities that you can't tell that what someone has so you should just ask the question. Mm. What are some tips and tricks that you could just shout out now I for think, people who... Yeah, the, the easiest ones are always just like if somebody says that they need help with something, don't question what it is or why they need that. Just Just help them. A lot of the time when I say that I can't see something, people are like what do you mean? Or it's almost like they're really confused. They don't just go, okay, cool, I'll read this for you. Um, you know, it's the same with when you see someone that presents to you that's like me, I'm wearing a skirt and a T-shirt and earrings and makeup today. Don't make the assumption that person is a cisgender person or a femme person. You know, like always ask them the question like, hey, what are your pronouns? Or just try to use very neutral language. I think for people with disabilities, the main thing is, if somebody says that they need something, try to meet that. Don't assume that I need help. So um, my work colleague is a really good example of this and partly because she has a background in disability, partly because she's just a great human. Um, but, you know, she'll ask me, hey, do you want me to read that? Or there's been circumstances where we've been crossing the road and she's grabbed my hand because I've gonna was going to step in front of the car. And I appreciate that. But in other circumstances, she'll always say, do you need something, Georgie, or do you need help with this? And it gives me the space to say yes or no. But it also makes it a lot easier because she sometimes asks me that I don't don't always have to say, hey, I need help, which is often the challenge that we have as disabled people is actually saying, I need help because I don't think we live in a society where people are encouraged to ask for help as much as what we should be. Mm, yeah. yeah. Great human. That's a good... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do we be great humans? Yeah. Yeah. I think we, um, I try to practice really neutral language in all facets of my life. And I think working with queer young people, it's really easy to say things like peeps and humans and any kind of like inclusive word. But uh, it's just a term that I've picked up on that people seem to really love when you use the term human rather than, you know, trying to gender a person. So that's something I use all the time. Mm, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What does pride mean to you? Um, I think being yourself in all facets of your life, but also being able to celebrate the parts of yourself that you love a lot and that pride is held probably within you as much as it is an, an external thing as well. Like you don't have to run down the street of Shepparton wearing a rainbow flag, you know, or as a cape, as I sometimes do, to be out and to have pride in your life. I think that pride is all about like what you want to get out of who you are and that you can have pride regardless of if you're embedded in a queer community or if you're just a queer person living their life in regional Victoria. What's your superpower? Um, I think observance. Uh, it's a really funny one because I can't see that well, but I find I'm really observant of situations. So I often know like when things are happening around me, um, kind of like a fly on a wall scenario. And I seem to be able to pick up on, you know, if somebody's upset or something like that is happening more so than they always need to tell me. So I find it's a really interesting as a human that doesn't see so well, that's quite observant to scenarios, but maybe that's a coping strategy. I don't know. I like yeah. to think it's a superpower. So <laughs> maybe you've honed it sort of because of that. Yeah. 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 Is there anything that you would like to share before we before we finish up around, I guess, the, the purpose of this is to go around regional areas and, and collect stories from as many people as we can who've had different experiences and so on. And given that these stories are going to be shared widely, is there anything you'd like um, to share? I guess the main thing is don't forget regional people. Um, I think that society is getting a bit better at this now, but I go to so many things in the city because I have privilege and access and that's where my partner lives. But I think that I always consider 
what would I do if I had nowhere to stay and I couldn't afford the train ticket there? And I'd really encourage Metro people to really consider there's so much difference to being a regional queer person. You often aren't supported. You don't have access to the events, to the community, to the Pride Centre, you know, like that we do everything that we can to be embedded in metro spaces. But I would really love for more metro people to come and put themselves into our festival. Like we run out in the open, I think this will be year 12, um, for our Pride Festival. There are Pride events that happen in so many regional spaces. And, um, yeah, that would be, my, I think, my big message. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much for coming in. No worries. My pleasure. Yeah, Thank you. amazing talking yeah. to you. Yeah, This podcast is released every Tuesday and Friday and could not have been possible without the support of our local community partners, Midsummer and the Fair of Victoria portfolio of the Victorian State Government. Throughout the series, you will hear firsthand the successes, hopes, dreams, fears and struggles of diverse members of our community. Pride Finder, the Rainbow Road Trip was a travelling project commissioned during the 2023 Midsummer Festival as part of the State Government's initiative, Victoria's Pride. Helen Thomas, an award-winning creative audio producer, journalist and queer ally, developed a mobile story studio with the purpose of encouraging connection, cultivating empathy and preserving people's experiences. As much of Victoria's queer history relies on verbal recount, Midsummer, Helen and the Pride Finder connected with regionally living LGBTQIA Victorians to help capture their unique stories. These conversations are frank, honest and reflect the language, thoughts, history and opinions of the individual. Views may not be shared by Midsummer or the Victorian State Government. Please keep yourself safe and refer to the show notes for specific triggers related to each episode. If something in this podcast has made you feel uncomfortable or brought up challenging feelings, please seek support from a loved one or from one of the helplines listed at the bottom of the show notes. 